Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good Sunday morning to you. Rashini Rajkumar here along with Dr. David Hilden. And it is hard to believe it is the final Sunday in May. It is Memorial Day weekend, and it's your favorite, an open line show. So we are taking all of your calls. We promise we'll get you a few call. We will definitely do our best to get you a few text. Number is the same for both, 651-989-9226. Dr. Hilden, good morning. We're already getting some texts coming in. Good morning, Rashini, and good morning, everybody. Yeah, we're going to talk about whatever's on your mind today. Uh, we'll take your calls, your texts your tweets, however you want to get your question to us. We always like to hear you by phone, so if you want to try that way, that's always a great way to go. Just uh, I hope you're having a good holiday weekend, everybody. Uh, we'll give a shout-out and a, and a little bit of respect to those that we've lost this Memorial Weekend, particularly those who have been lost in service to the country. Uh, um, and so uh, for this Memorial Day, I hope you're finding some time to... Uh, um, uh, enjoy yourself, relax, and reflect on that, and uh, just um, uh, 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 a good weekend to all of you. I was at the hospital this week, and it's, it's interesting about the whole coronavirus thing. You know there's this pandemic, um, in case you haven't heard. You know, that's, that's kind of a thing that's been going around. And we're, it's such a hopeful time in the pandemic. It, you know, we're, we're hitting the place where we can actually say with some confidence that the biggest, baddest, worst part of it is probably now behind us. And so that's a good thing. Although, as I was, as I say that, I was thinking that my first two patients I admitted to the hospital yesterday, both had COVID something. And wait a minute, I thought we were getting to the end of this thing. And so just want to give a reminder to everybody that the reason this thing is the way it is now is that people all got the, those who got vaccinated. So if you haven't yet got your vaccine, now's the time. There's no time like the present. And you don't want to be one of those few people left that the virus has to, uh, to, to be the next victim. And so let's take away potential victims from the community and get everybody uh, vaccinated. It's, it's just been one of the biggest successes of, uh, well, probably the biggest success of public health in my career. So that's a, that's a little bit of good news. And then lastly, before we get into your, your questions and texts, it is May has been Stroke Awareness Month. And I do want to remind people, because sometimes 
We forget to talk about the other things that are very common in healthcare, and stroke is just one of them. It is uh, one of the leading causes of death. So there's a little um, things you can remember. Um, time matters if you're having a stroke. And so there's a little thing to remember. It's called be fast. And it's in the, the letters are, you don't have to remember them all, but they're, the B stands for your balance, if you lose your balance. And the E stands for eyes, if your vision goes. The F stands for face, if it's getting weak. Arms are, if you get weak arms, that's the A. And S is speech, if you have a difficult or slurred speech. Any of those things happens, then the T is it's time to call 911. So time matters with stroke symptoms. So uh, last last Sunday in May, I, uh, I want to make sure we remind people to uh, keep an eye out for stroke sy- symptoms. And the very last thing is I want to give a thank you to my colleague, Dr. Ranji Varghese, for filling in for me last week. Yeah, he was terrific, and we did not get to all of the questions on sleep. So if people have questions about sleep, I know Dr. Hilden will do his best to answer those today. And then, of course, there is uh, the sleep center that people can always get in touch with. Well, I have uh, an interesting question for you from a listener. This came in uh, a little bit even before the show started today, Dr. Hilton. Oh. This listener says... What is one thing the COVID pandemic taught Dr. David Hilden about himself that he might never have otherwise learned? Wow. Now that's profound. a good, That is a profound and deep question right there. What have I learned about myself? Um, I think I have, oh, wow. That, I could probably say a whole bunch of things. And that one is that um, maybe one of the main ones is, is about resilience and 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 that um, most of us in healthcare, myself included, have have been tested to the biggest, with the biggest test of our resilience um, in the face of something very difficult. Um, I you know I haven't served in a war, and I haven't been in um, some of the other major pandemics like polio or the 1918 one. But this one, almost everyone I know in medicine, including myself, has not experienced anything like this before. And so it's um, the resilience to try to remain positive um, in the face of unspeakable awfulness that, that we have seen in the hospital. That's maybe one thing I've learned about myself. That's a very good question, I think, for everybody. Um, I, I can tell one thing on a little lighter note. I have missed uh, socialization in my friends group more than many other people I know. Uh, so that's the other thing I've learned about is wow, are, are my uh, my groups of colleagues and friends that we get that I hang out with are exceptionally important to me. And that's the other thing I've learned. Oh, I, that, like, I think I'd I like think, everybody to answer that question. I know I'd love to. We can we can take those in. So if you want to share something on. Uh, the text line, please do, 651-989-9226. I'll read those throughout the show. What did COVID teach you? Okay, we do have an open line show today, folks. All of your questions, whatever you have, send them our way. Call or text 651-989-9226. A lot of things to get into, including a question that I tweeted. So take a look at Rashini R and at WCCO Radio today. I tweeted a question that I want us to get to uh, later in the show. All right, we're going to take a quick break. The more healthy matters when we return. 651-989-9226. We are back on this Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, sending you good wishes 
and reflections for your loved ones at this time. We also hope you can find some time to rest and relax, rejuvenate, and maybe we can help with that. Got questions? Today is Open Lines on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar with you along with your host, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. All right, the number 651-989-9226, and that goes for either calls or text. All right, Dr. Hilden, let's get right into it. This listener says, can you speak to what age should someone get a colonoscopy? Oh, that's a really good question. And uh, it used to be 50 with a few a few caveats, but now it's been lowered to age 45 for the average person who doesn't have a lot of risks for colon cancer. So that and that may or may not be you if you're listening right now. But if you don't have a family member with colon cancer and you don't have other risk factors for colon cancer, mostly in the terms of family history, age 45. Now that changes if you have a brother or sister or mom or dad who had colon cancer at a relatively young age. And then you should take the age they got their colon cancer and subtract 10 from it. So if your dad had colon cancer at age 45, you should start getting your colonoscopy at age 35. Uh, But for all comers, the average person, age 45. And the other thing is if you really don't want to get a colonoscopy, that's okay. I would encourage you to think about it anyway. But if you don't want to, there are other ways to check for colon cancer. There's stool tests and the like. So just ask your doctor because the test that works the best is the one that you're willing to do. No test is going to work if you aren't willing to do it. So ask your doctor um, if you're getting near that age. Dr. Hilden, I want to comment on this a little bit. I am that person you talked about. My father died of colon cancer at the age of 40. They found the first tumor at 38. And my brother and I were to start getting colonoscopies at 28. Uh, I was 29 when I had my first one. And I'll tell you, and you can probably speak to this even better, I've had now a few in my uh, life and the prep has gotten a lot better. And the prep used to be really pretty painful and ridiculous, meaning painful, not that it hurt, but you just kind of had to stay close to home. The prep has gotten better. Can you address that for the yeah, full has, colonoscopy? And that's a, I'm glad you brought up your own, your own story, Rashini, because you are doing exactly what needs to be done. And I'm so sorry about your own dad, but you're doing the right things and doing it earlier. Yeah, the prep used to be something just, who thought this up? We gave a gallon or so of a relatively nasty tasting liquid, and we said just keep drinking it until it looks like in the toilet like it went looking in you know just clear water coming out and you know it's like a like a radiator flush or something and now you can do a a little less quantity of the liquids they can do it in one of the sports drinks like Powerade or Gatorade and you put a bunch of a laxative in there and the prep isn't fun no one likes the prep you're a little bit tired because you are having a you are in the toilet a lot getting ready for this but it's not the end of the world for most people and it is much better than it used to be. Um, the preps, like you said, we it's a much lower volume of liquid we have people drink now. And it's important to get that prep because you can't get a good colonoscopy without a good prep. And, uh, and so it's really important that you get a nice thorough prep before you do it. And many people will say that as bad as the prep is, and it wasn't that bad, the colonoscopy itself is even less, less problematic than they thought it would be. It's not nearly as bad as most people think. So 
It's a good right. thing to do. Do it for yourself. Right. And the good news is you get to eat a lot after the whole thing is done. That's always fun. And then also, this is a very preventable cancer. So you get those colonoscopies. They might find polyps. They might find cells that they're going to biopsy. But it really is so good to get mm-hmm. one of those tests. All right. Ron has this question. Dr. Hilden, I'm 75 Good health and active. I have an abdominal hernia about one to one and a half inch in diameter in the upper right quadrant near belly button. It's not painful. Apparently no organ protrusion yet. Is surgery the only solution? I have heard that surgical mesh has caused many adverse physical problems and lawsuits. Yeah, um, it's a good question, Ron. Hernias are a little bulge in in any body part where another body part is pushing through. You can have your stomach herniating into your chest. You can have a portion of bowel herniating. The main one that people are talking about is in your abdominal wall. Men and women both get it. It's either in the groin or it can be around the belly button. Those are common places. And it's literally just the muscles got weak and kind of pulled apart a little bit. And so some of your innards can sort of push through there. They don't. They aren't necessarily dangerous. You don't have to do anything. If you can just simply push back the little bulge and it doesn't hurt, you don't have to do anything, but you can get them surgically fixed. They can use mesh, as as the texture is saying, or they can just sew it together. Surgery is generally the only treatment for these. So if you are going to get it repaired, you can have one of those two types of surgeries done. The the problems with mesh are, are there have been especially problems with um, mesh used in women um, in, in uterine kind of procedures, but there are relatively few problems with the mesh used in, in a hernia surgery. So I would just um, ask your doctor about what technique she or he wants to use and um, express those concerns until you get your, your questions answered. I personally would have no problem having a mesh done with a hernia surgery. All right, there's a real question in here, but it's kind of making me smile too. This person says, I had my COVID shot in March, so what would happen if I received a third shot at one of the tap rooms so I could get a free beer? You know, that's a person, you know, you got to admire that kind of, you know, that kind of uh, (laughs) industry there. Anything for a beer, right? I'm telling you, whatever it takes. Um, Honestly, probably nothing, nothing bad um, um, if you got another COVID shot. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point a lot of us are getting another shot. Uh, I think I would probably ask your friends to buy you a beer instead and not do it. I would stick to the guidelines and just get your two COVID shots and don't get a third one. But I love the question. Um, I don't recommend it, but only because the guidelines haven't studied that. I think it's likely that in the future we'll all be doing that. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, because I think it's a guy. Dude, let me send you some money for that beer because don't get a third shot. I know this person's kind of kidding. It's just sort of like a little little riff on on these incentives, which I'm in favor of. Although a lot of people have said, well, wait a minute. I got the shot. I didn't get a free beer for it or a ticket to the state fair. What about me? Well, you know what? Life isn't fair. Some people waited because for whatever reason they waited. And if this is the nudge they need to get it, if they want a free beer, have at it. All right. I'm not even going to make one more comment on that one. Audrey is on the line from Columbia Heights. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning. Um, I listen to your show all the time. Um, This is the first time I've called in, though. And you don't even expect a free beer, Audrey, so we appreciate that. I don't drink, so I don't have that problem. Good for you. (laughs) Um, A couple of months ago, I stubbed my second toe on my right foot really, really bad. Well, the nail turned black, but it never fell off, so I just 
kind of blew it off. Well, the other day, I had a freak accident on a rug that I have in the kitchen, and it's one of those rubber ones that you stand on by the sink when you're doing dishes, and it doesn't give. And I, I ended up with blood all over the kitchen, all the way to the hallway to the bathroom, and I got a Band-Aid on it and stuff. But I was wondering if I should have it looked at because it's really sensitive. And then I also need a podiatrist, and I was wondering if you could, if you have podiatrists downtown at the HCMC. Mm-hmm. Yep, Audrey. First of all, thank you for listening to the show for all these times, and appreciate your call. I we do have podiatrists. Doctor Nicole Bowerly runs the division of podiatry, and I would send anybody to Nikki Bowerly, Doctor Bowerly, B A U E R L Y, and her whole department of podiatry. You can call them up in Hennepin Healthcare. You you either have a, a torn toenail or you could have um, disrupted the tissues of your toe. You could have a broken toe, Audrey. I remember one time in my own life, I kicked a radiator at my house and broke my toe. It was the second toe, just like yours. And so I didn't intentionally kick my radiator. It was an accident. But you could have a broken toe. Or, or a broken tendon or a toenail. So do go see a podiatrist. Um, six one, the number for that, 612-873-6963 at Hennepin. 612-873-6963. And ask, a, ask for an appointment um, in podiatry. And then my last comment is I would have no idea what those rugs are in front of doing the dishes since I don't know what is, what is doing the dishes. I don't know what that activity is. <laughs> that, that, that's not something I do, Audrey. <laughs> All right, well, it's good to see there's no lack of humor this morning on Healthy Matters. It is our open line show. Give us a call or a text, 651-989-9226. We'll take a quick break and then more of Dr. Hilton when we return. We are back on Healthy Matters. Rashini Rajkumar along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. It's our open line show. Give us a call. Give us a text. We have a lot of calls. We definitely will try to get to most of those, but I promise we'll get to you if you call. 651-989-9226. Okay, a couple of COVID and cancer questions here. Have there been any links seen between contracting COVID and the development of organ cancer? Not that I know of. Um, I, it's too soon to say, but, um, it it isn't, um, there wouldn't be a clear reason that link would exist other than COVID is an immune system out of control. And so is cancer. And, and so it is at least possible that such a a link exists, but I have not seen anything like that yet. I don't think that'll be the case. Okay. This listener says have insomnia and CBT didn't have a lasting effect. Should I try five? milligrams of melatonin. Yeah, melatonin is a hormone that exists in your body normally and taking some what we would call exogenous or melatonin in a pill has helped many people to get better sleep. You should know that it's not a sedative. This isn't something that's going to make you drowsy and really be like what a lot of people think of for a sleep aid. Melatonin is more a natural hormone that helps your brain decide what's day and what's night and when you should be sleeping. So if you do choose to take melatonin, do it around dinner time because that's when it it starts to peak in your own body. And then several hours later, it might help regulate your sleep cycle. It's not, doesn't have many downsides to giving it a try. 
All right, here's a great question from Mark. My son and daughter-in-law want to get pregnant, are afraid to get the COVID vaccine due to hearing about complications, birth defects, etc. Can you comment on this? I can. I would get that vaccine right now. It's, um, uh, all of the, 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 the frightening things about birth defects, infertility, pregnancy-related things, those are not borne out by any actual scientific evidence. Um, what is borne out is that getting COVID while pregnant is not good. Um, uh, COVID causes or is a high risk for blood clots. So is pregnancy. You don't want both of them to, at the same time. The effects of COVID on pregnant women and their children that, that they give birth to are not known, but are likely to not be something you want to mess with. We have no evidence that the vaccine itself causes any of those problems. So you're much, much, much um, safer getting the vaccine than getting COVID. All that comes with a caveat that like we've learned in this past year, we're not sure about everything. Um, but the, 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 the data are relatively strong that you ought to be getting that vaccine. All right, we have some calls coming in. Uh, Chris is on the line from Van Good morning, Chris. Hi, uh, Chris Marinoff here. Uh, I have a question for the doctor. And good morning, Machini. Uh, I, I have, you already mentioned the subject, the hernia. I have the bulging basically in my stomach area, but my doctor has not has decided not to go ahead with any kind of operation at all. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, the, the reason is that if the hernia is small or not bothersome to you, it's just a little bulge on your belly button or in the groin, you can live your whole life and it never become a problem. And so, you know, why why fix something that's never going to be a problem and doesn't even bother you now? But the problem is we don't always know who it's going to be a problem for in the future. And so if it's bothering you, Chris, then I would say, hey, I want to get this thing fixed. Um, the surgeries are relatively mild. It's a same-day surgery. It's a minor surgery um, for, for your surgeons. And so they can take care of it once and for all. There is a complication of hernias that is bad. Um, that is if, there, if a piece of your intestines pushes through your hernia and causes that bulge, and that piece of intestine gets caught in that, in, in that little bulge in your, in your abdominal wall, that's dangerous. Um, that doesn't happen to most people, but that's an emergency if that happens. So most, most doctors choose to fix hernias to prevent that future complication and to prevent discomfort, but it is considered elective. You don't have to do it, Chris. All right, we're at that time when I want to remind people we're getting a lot of texts coming in. If you know you want your call answered, your question answered, be sure to call us because I promise we'll get to all the calls. 651-989-9226. Steve is on the line from Woodbury. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Uh, if you have a compromised immune system, how effective is the vaccine? And should you get the antibody test to see what's going on? Steve, you bring up a good point in that um, compromised immune systems, either because you're taking medications or you have some underlying condition that's causing your immune system to not be everything you might hope, the vaccine uh, effectiveness may be less. Um, there is some emerging data that the vaccine effectiveness is just not working as well in, in those folks because... The vaccines rely on your immune system to respond to that little fake piece of little RNA that has been inserted into you, and it causes your immune system has to respond. 
if your immune system isn't working so well, it might not respond very robustly. We still do recommend the vaccine in people with an immune compromised condition because you are likely to get some benefit and it might be substantial benefit. It just might not be as, as robust as those without that condition. Now, as for the antibodies, uh, we don't routinely recommend getting antibody tests after the vaccine. Um, but if you're concerned about it, and especially if you have one of those conditions or are taking medications to cause your immune system to be a little bit uh, uh, underproductive, you might wanna get an antibody and just see uh, see where your body stands. And for other listeners, um, when we talk about medications for immune compromise, these would be like cancer medications or many of the medications for rheumatologic conditions such as lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. So all of you folks who have those conditions are taking those medications. You might want to get the antibodies to see how the vaccine worked for you. But in any case, we are still recommending that you get the vaccine. All right, Dr. Hilden, here's one that I think a lot of people would get benefit from your response. This listener says, how can I get a colonoscopy if I can't go to the hospital to do it alone? I have no one who can take me there and wait. Yeah, that's a really good um, uh, point. You can't, uh, you can't go by yourself and get it because you cannot drive home. You're given sedative medications. Uh, I would do a couple of things. If you simply cannot find a, a, a way to do that, you could consider you know, taxi cabs or Ubers or Lyfts or the like. You might ask the place that does your colonoscopy if they offer any kind of medical cab services that could do that. You might consider a different, a different colon, um, colon cancer screening other than colonoscopy, something that you can do at home and just mail in the samples. Those would be better than doing nothing. And some of them are quite good. There's this ColoGuard test. There's stool testing you could do. You could do those from home. And if they're positive, and then you might want to go get a colonoscopy and figure something out. But if they're negative, you could just do those every every year or every few years, and and you wouldn't even have to get a colonoscopy. I might recommend looking for some type of uh, third-party transportation and have them come get you when your colonoscopy is done. They don't have to wait with you. Just have the clinic staff call a, call a cab, for instance, and that might be a good way for you. All right. This listener says, excellent show as always. Please ask the good doctor if he sees the COVID virus coming back in the fall. It's possible that it will have a, a slight surge. I think that we're getting to the point when we can say with at least some quite a bit of optimism that we're not likely to see a big national surge like we have in the past year. That might be behind us. At least I'm pretty optimistic that the big surges are behind us. But I think we will see smaller pockets of surges in communities and counties, including those in Minnesota that have low vaccination rates. You're likely to see outbreaks. And, and so and we're going to see probably a little uptick in the fall just because all viruses are worse in the fall. It becomes cold and flu season. And so I think we're luckily or happily looking for a few really low um, low intensity months on this pandemic. The pandemic kind of fades into the distance and it becomes more of a sporadic outbreak here and there. Might be worse in the fall, might be worse in certain communities, but probably not a big national uh, problem. Other parts of the world, that's a different story. I'm talking about here in this country where vaccination rates are very high. I, the, the virus is a global problem. So if you're going to other places, 
I think you're very likely for the next few years to see hot spots all over the world. All right, real quickly on this one before we have to go to break. I'm 77 and healthy, no high blood pressure or diabetes and pretty active, but I've become mildly unstable when walking. What causes this in older people? There's many reasons older folks get unstable. It could be your inner ears. It could be your vision. It could be the nerves to your feet. It could be all of those things and more. It could be due to medications or neuropathies. I would see a physical therapist. You might start with your primary physician, but see a physical therapist and have a gait and balance evaluation. They can recommend things for you um, to help regain your balance and regain your strength and ways for you to live safely because the problem you don't want to have is a fall. So see a physical therapist for that. All right, we have some calls coming in, but we do have to take a break. So get your calls in. We have only one segment left on this final May edition of Healthy Matters, 651-989-9226. We are back, our final segment today of Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar with you. Let's go to Sherry on the line from Isle. Good morning, Sherry. Hey, good morning. I just got over about with C. diff after taking antibiotics for two weeks after a tooth extraction. And then that was followed by 10 days of another antibiotic for the C. diff. I strictly adhered to the bland diet, wondering and now wondering ways to keep from getting back the C. diff as it sounds common to do so. And what antibiotics are safer to keep from getting the C. diff again? Yeah, thanks for your question. So C. diff stands for Clostridioides difficile. It's a it's the Latin name for the bacteria that lives in many people's intestines. Um, the problem is once you get an antibiotic antibiotic for something else, it kills all the beneficial ba- bacteria in your intestines, and only C. diff is around and it wreaks havoc with your body. It gives you diarrhea and it's a mess. Not all people who get C. diff had a recent antibiotic use. Some people are getting it just out in the community. It can be passed around. So the treatment for that is, unfortunately, yet another antibiotic called vancomycin, or another one's called metronidazole. And you take that, and it hopefully makes it go away. Um, You are at some risk for it recurring. So we just encourage healthy diet. Um, Eat a good diet that is full of probiotics. You might consider a probiotic supplement to get, um, maybe you want to eat a lot of yogurt. You want to get more, um, uh, what am I trying to say, beneficial microorganisms in your intestines. The thing about antibiotics, this is one of the reasons that we are trying to limit the use of antibiotics in the community. Many, many, many of the prescriptions that doctors write for antibiotics are unnecessary and they're leading to these problems. So there's no antibiotic I can tell you that is safe to, um, so that you won't get C. diff. The, the main thing I can tell you is that limit the use of your antibiotics. If you have a sinus infection, you probably don't need antibiotics. If you have bronchitis, you certainly don't need antibiotics. So don't encourage your doctor to write prescriptions. Sometimes doctors are a little... Uh, Oh, they they lack the fortitude to tell patients no. You don't need antibiotics quite as often as you might think. But good luck to you. You can get better. The the C. diff can go away, uh, and it's not guaranteed to come back, and it probably won't come back. But if it does, you'll need another course of that special antibiotic to make it go away. All right, Doc, we're running up against the clock. We have some calls, but I want to get in this text really quickly. This listener says, I've had breast cancer two times, 4.5 years apart. What is the percent that I could have cancer again? 
I don't know that number offhand, but you are certainly at risk. One of the bigger risk factors for getting breast cancer is a previous case of breast cancer. So if you had it in the past, you're at risk for getting it again. I don't have better numbers to give that texter other than to be diligent with your mammograms. All right, so I ask our callers to be as brief as possible. We are running up against the clock. George is on the line from Shoreview. Hi, George. Hi. Yeah, about eight weeks ago, I sprained a toe and an ankle, and uh, I keep a warm rag on it and keep it elevated and stay off it as much as I can. And it's still kind of pinkish and sore, and the swelling has gone down. But I'm wondering uh, how much longer this may last and when can I get back on the golf course? Yes, yeah, good, um, George, thanks for calling. Um, sprains can take weeks and weeks and weeks. So I don't know what yours is exactly like, but we generally tell people stay off of them. Don't twist it or exercise on it too much. And the, I guess my best advice is if it hurts, don't do it. So if walking hurts, don't do that. If twisting while you're swinging a golf club hurts, don't do it. Um, see a, a see a foot doctor or an orthopedist, and they can maybe give you some kind of walking boot or or, or wrapping system that might help, though. All right. I as promised, I always promise to get to callers. So, Doc, I'm going to ask you this on your Twitter page this week at Doctor David Hilden at Dr. David Hilden. Can you respond by tweet to my question about uh, whether there are special spring and summer allergies we need to worry about now that we're outside so much? So, if you I'll wouldn't mind that. answering that on Twitter, let's go to Pat uh, in Maple Grove. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Uh, say, I want to. I'd like to know if there are any new and effective treatments other than prescription two and a half percent cream for bleeding external hemorrhoids. It's that you know that cause a person to use an exorbitant amount of toilet paper and pads that they haven't used for fifty years uh, these days. Absolutely, Pat. The thing is, um, if you're if you're having bleeding hemorrhoids, and they're very common, lots of people have them. So please know you're not alone. A lot of people have that. But if you're if you're having a lot of bleeding hemorrhoids or painful hemorrhoids, those little creams aren't going to help very much. I think it's time to go see a surgeon, and they can once and for all cut it out. And um, they, it's a minor procedure, and it can make it go away. Uh, now, now that's not for everybody, obviously. But keep trying the tra- the creams. Go to the surgeon. They'll probably try a different cream, maybe a stronger one. And if that doesn't work, there are some surgical options for you that might give you some relief. All right. Mike from Grand Portage, or as I like to say, Grand Portage. We're running up against the clock, but let's get your question in. Doctor, um, I, I'm in uh, my early 70s, but I notice a lack of energy. There could be many reasons for that, but could you recommend for us older people what we could do for energy to boost our energy level? Absolutely. I was in Grand Portage, so um, greetings to everybody uh, from northern Minnesota. I was there not too long ago. Uh, What I suggest is, A, do all the things of healthy living, gentle exercise as you are able, Get a good sleep pattern, um, minimize alcohol, and try to eat a good diet. So exercise, diet, sleep, minimize alcohol. Those are things we all should do, including older adults. But if your energy is really poor and it's getting worse, it could be an underlying condition. So see your doctor to get some basic blood tests to make sure you don't have something um, in your internal organs that is uh, your kidneys or your liver or a cancer or anemia. Any of those things are all um, diagnosable with some relatively simple tests. So, so for older adults who are feeling energy loss, that's an important message. 
go see your doctor. There could be something fixable that they, they need to find. And Doc, Mike's question is really good for all of us, no matter the age. I mean, those are some good tips you share there. Absolutely. Uh, healthy living at every age is always a, a, a good idea. But if it's, if it's new for you, if your symptom is new, go have that checked out. All right. And you can reach both Dr. Hilden and me during the week on Twitter. Dr. Hilden is at Dr. David Hilden. I'm at Rashini R, Rashini with an O. We hope you have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Reflect, relax, and we'll catch you back here next Sunday, 7 a.m. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.